0: Welcome to another episode of the C4 podcast. The session
1: is hosted by Krunal Patel, interviewing Nick Jain.
0: Hello, friends. We have yet another series uh, of podcasts here. And we have my friend uh, from the other end of Pacific Ocean down under Melbourne, <laughs> Australia, Nick Jain online. Hey, Nick, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks, Krunal. That's good.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining the podcast, um, and it's it's it will be great to talk to you here and learn more about you. And everyone can probably know more about you, and we can get going. Uh, this whole thing that for that started, and I almost joke uh, uh, with my wife that I want to call this a podcast instead of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's a that's a nice. Um, uh, taxonomy, right? You're adding something to the lingo here. <laughs> yeah, I want to call this a cast. <laughs> I, I
0: hope, for you don't mind this. All right. Um, so I think everyone knows uh, a little bit about me, Fouad, uh, and I had our podcast. Uh, this is our chance to know our friend, um, Nick Jain, uh, a little bit more about what he does um, outside of studying at HEC Paris. Um, so, Nick, why don't you um, introduce yourself, like you can cover where you live, where you work, a um, little bit about your background.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, firstly, thank you for doing this. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult to uh, fork out time out of your schedule, especially on a weekend when you've got a family. Um, it's, uh, so in terms of introduction, you know, I live in Melbourne, uh, Australia, and I was raised in India. Uh, So, I moved out of uh, Mumbai uh, when I was 17 years of age, and uh, I basically pestered my parents um, that I wanted to uh, study in the UK. So, I embarked on that journey, and then I bounced around a little bit in in multiple countries, and I landed here five years ago. Uh, In in terms of profession, I'm a solution architect. Uh, That doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. So I gave myself, uh, my own title and my boss approved, which is good. So (laughs) I call myself, uh, field uh, field client uh, performance management designer or observability designer. What that means is, you know, you got tons and tons of, uh, mobile and web applications floating around and, uh, there is a big focus behind the scenes by these companies on how these applications uh, should bring about revenue or uh, stop a leaky bucket situation for tons of businesses uh, whose application uh, wouldn't perform as expected. So, so what we do on a daily basis is we work with uh, quite a few clients across APAC and I'm uh, uh, an Asia Pacific resource. I work with customers in Korea, in Japan, in Australia. I'm headed to New Zealand this afternoon to work with a few customers there and speak at a conference. And then uh, that, that kind of keeps uh, New Relic, my employer, in, in a really envious position. Because what, what they do today is they have this SaaS platform, so online delivered platform exactly like uh, your Google, Amazon, Cloud platforms. And what what you do is you sign up an account, uh, you you download a bunch of uh, collector agents, we refer to them as, and you hook them in your mobile application. So let's say uh, you're trying to get to work and you use your public transport Mm -hmm. app, um, you would basically uh, plug in our agent and you'd be able to see right from uh, performance data to, you know, how uh, your applications are, are supporting the, the mass of customers you get on a daily basis and where there are problems in the system. So you, it's literally like a, a, a forensics uh, capability. It, it keeps me super excited about my daily uptake and I, I don't want to overbear on what I do, but that's basically what I do on a day, daily basis. That's great,
0: Nick. Uh, thanks a lot for the details. And yes, New Relic. I know a little bit about New Relic. Uh, pretty good product. Um, you seem to be a bit of oh, a wanderer. One- yeah. Started from India, then UK, then I would say Malaysia. You were in Malaysia also in between. Uh, Correct. Or, yeah, that's good. Um, so finally, an Aussie. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's great. And one thing I like about what you um, about your introduction is you ch- chose your own title. Uh, I thought you, only, you can do that only when you are an entre- entrepreneur, uh, but that's great. You should have picked heard- if you were choosing something, right?
1: <laughs> I know you mean. In, in fact, you know uh, there were some really weird uh, uh, trials and errors. So I started off by because I was leading the, the India team uh, from Melbourne. And we, we had a few people there uh, looking after uh, customers from a pre-sale standpoint. And then uh, my boss was like, you know, uh, call yourself the, the CTO of solution engineering. And we we had this uh, big event at Verizon. And I was like, that's a little bit far-fetched, uh, but I'll roll with it. And, and then uh, we obviously kept tri- trialing and I finally landed at uh, observability architect so to to a customer uh, who knows about observability and monitoring they they get it straight away that i'm there to mm-hmm. design design their uh, their their solution uh, right from the ground up and typically as a part of that there is a lot of training involved uh, uh, obviously there is a fact uh, proof of value concept uh, involved and uh, i think you being from IT, you get a lot of this, uh, but yep. in, in, in terms of, you know, uh, for the benefit of the larger audience of the podcast, it's simply, uh, whenever we approach a customer, there is, uh, there is a tech expert and then there is an account manager. So mm-hmm. I play the role of the tech expert from a, from a senior uh, member perspective and yep. uh, it, it's, it's super exciting. It's super exciting for me.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's good. Um, So uh, besides being this uh, chief technology officer and going in front of customer, probably traveling quite a bit and pitching your product, what are you passionate about overall?
1: Right. That's a million dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I I would like to answer this uh, using some of our course content because I found it, it was really pragmatic the way it was delivered. And in one of our uh, chapters, we came across strength, uh, pleasure centers, and purpose. Yes. And, and it really got me thinking. I, I, I basically drew up a mission statement and a vision statement like I were a company. And what I, what I felt is, initially I thought I was uh, passionate about uh, making more money. But what does that really serve? It, I think based on my lifestyle, if I was to come home uh, with $5,000 every month, I think I'll be a happy person. So I don't think I'm, I'm chasing money. So based on that particular uh, practical application of what your strengths, your, your pleasure centers and your purposes. I really started seeing clearly that I want to educate more people about tech. I uh, definitely want to uh, go in the opposite direction where everyone is raving about uh, machine learning and uh, the, the, the point of singularity, you know, machines are going to be autonomous, they're, they're going to be matured um, and uh, obviously we're going to use uh, machines for our advantage, but I feel that a lot of unemployment is going to happen. Uh, I feel passionate about educating people to make themselves uh, more skills ready. That's to great. Be, to be more attractive to their employers uh, so that they stay where they are and they continue to grow.
0: That's great. Uh, pretty bold and nice vision. And I, I see the foresight. Um, yeah, I think that there have been a lot of questions about if we automate everything, what happens to humans, right? Uh, how are they going to earn their livelihood? Um, yeah interesting uh, interesting uh, vision or goal about your life um mm-hmm. just a side note um uh, you mentioned that you thought earlier that you want to make a lot of money and that's what gets you pleasure uh, but now you're realizing it's not what it is i would call that midlife crisis mike <laughs> 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 you know as you grow older you don't want money you want other things When you're younger you want a lot of money you can write fancy um sports car and have a lot of money to buy new things um, but yeah i was just joking but it, it, I, I i feel that um probably as you grow old you realize that what's your real purpose and i'm happy that you find yours that's good
1: thank you thank you i think uh, all all the credit goes to the course content in fact i'll, I'll tell you something um, which which was rather interesting so you know our, our more recent assignment on uh, designing the coffee house. So there were three uh, related uh, sub-assignments. Okay. And in the second assignment, even though I'm a proponent of uh, making people more, uh, uh, more ready for the machine age, mm-hmm. and we are in the transient data age, uh, the way I look at it, yeah. um, I used a fully autonomous coffee house as my second assignment. And, and the consensus I saw amongst the folks who marked my assignments, they like people at a cafe. If there are no people at the cafe, <laughs> then that's very counter uh, cafe culture. That's right. And, yeah. and the commentary I saw was if there's no barista, I'm, I'm not walking into your cafe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, those comments, man, they, they keep you grounded. Uh, you think very high about yourself, and then you. You know submit this assignment and you think you're gonna ace it and then you see all the nice little comments and then they keep you grounded that's great yeah yeah <laughs> all right so um tons and tons of universities around the globe um, there are a lot in australia
1: why HEC paris even my local uh, mates and colleagues asked me the same question i right. told them i think you have to look at uh, the value of the education you get from a certain institute. And you have to m- marry that with what's convenient for you uh, based on your busy lifestyle. I think most of us are professionals and there are a lot of us uh, who are working on their first ideation. So they are in the process of launching their ideas. With that kind of lifestyle, uh, I, I, I could never imagine walking into a campus and then sitting, sitting into uh, lectures so I, I, I started Googling. I went for top 10, top 20 uh, best uh, executive education, uh, universities and colleges across the globe. And and I stumbled upon HEC, and I obviously knew INSEAD because uh, yeah. a close friend of mine went to INSEAD in Europe and then Singapore. And he leads up uh, Ripple Asia pack as the head of Ripple. Wow. So. So that cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, right? Okay. And, yeah. and he told me HEC is a really good uh, university and they are well reputed uh, in in the uh, business arena. Okay. So, so I great. think it's mostly supposed to uh, uh, talk about the alumni that HEC has created. And I immediately decided, you know, uh, I think it's input versus output so yep. a lot of students going in and outcomes uh, uh, the leaders of today and tomorrow so i i i, I like that uh, sort of uh, way to assess if a okay. university great and uh, that's why i decided you know hec works perfectly they got a coursera integration or supportability yep. i can i can do my uh, lessons on the go and that was super attractive
0: Awesome. That's great. Nice, and it's great to get a validation from someone um, who knows about this program and uh, and the university. That's great. Yeah,
1: yeah. That yeah. that was like cherry on top of cake. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> great. Okay. And do you have any uh, product ideas or projects that you want to work in near future or something in your mind? I do. Okay.
1: And- uh quite uh, so you will see a little bit of symmetry now because mm-hmm. all my future ideas are based on uh, delivering education okay and i it's 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 rather confusing when you want to uh, uh build yet another education platform what are you going to do so you look at real problems right yep. and i i try to uh, think of it really practically and i keep working with account executives on a daily basis and I start to uh, feel that there is a strong need for uh, technical education for, for executives and, and why I, I feel that now is the best time or uh, in the near future. Because if, if you look around you and uh, you just distill whatever is happening in business uh, uh, right now the top 10 companies are all tech, tech, technology oriented, technology. Yes. And yes. It's, it's not a Eureka moment, right? Everyone knows about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you now look at uh, who's leading those companies, it's again, a mix of uh, really heavy-weighted, uh, smart individuals who, who have uh, hard skills, hard people skills, uh, financial management skills, uh, chief executive operators, and even technologists. But you'd, you'd observe if you were to do some analysis uh, where the buck is, buck is kind of moving, more technologists are taking the front seat. Yeah. So, So what that means is in order for executives to stay relevant, I think they need to have at least a boilerplate understanding of what technology is, whether mm-hmm. it's machine learning, whether it's data science, it's uh, cloud platforms, Okay. Uh, it's software engineering 101. I think they should have a basic understanding of uh, why applications and software is relevant for for a company. Okay. And I, I think most of them will agree. So I, my long-term goals are around uh, nurturing executives and uh, account managers and, and people who lead up the business charge but have uh, less of a technology background to educate them on the technology front. Got it.
0: That's great. I mean, I'm sure this is stemming up from your experience in going into the field and trying to sell a product to non-technical people and they're asking very, very naive questions and making some sort of decision that they should be making. Um, you feel that they should know more about technology, um, not just to make a right decision, but for themselves to, um, you know, counter this, uh, probably this tsunami of automation that's coming, right?
1: You nailed it in the head and yeah. uh, uh, it's it's a little bit of uh, that on our side. Mm-hmm. So on New Relic side, and it's also on the customer side. Right. So I noticed, uh, because I've been doing this for a couple of years now. Uh, early 2011, customers who were buying software were uh, business heavy, you know your uh, your CFOs, uh, your internet, international uh, business management experts, right. and just uh, contracting experts and legal experts. And mm-hmm. now every uh, second customer I bumped into, or or even more than that, they are technologists. So you got uh, an operations expert on the other end, or you got an engineering leader on the other end and they're making the decisions on whether to bring in a certain productivity tool or mm-hmm. a tool that's gonna to save them money or make them money. Right, that's great. So, so that's basically uh, the root of uh, this whole ideation for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's nice. Uh, it's gonna help a lot of sales and pre-sales, technical sales and pre-sales folks across the globe. That's great. Okay, um, so uh, we wanna learn that um, you have had quite a bit of experience, different cultures, different countries. Um, in your personal experience, have you ever faced a failure? And if yes, how that helped you to be successful later on?
1: Um, there are plenty of failures, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think, pick I the, think it- pick the, pick the worst one. Sorry, what was that? I said pick the worst one. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking, and this one kind of sticks with me, because um, this was a project in Sydney, and it was a rather large uh, supermarket project. I'm not going to name them just in case mm-hmm. uh, this floats around, so yeah. I, I I don't want to name them, uh, and we were incumbent at that particular uh, supermarket, and it's it's a big chain store. There there are a few of them in Oz. Uh, we thought we were in an envious position mm-hmm. and in the process of uh, seeing a lot of other uh, good companies. Uh, and this is before my time at New Relic. So it, it's, it's, it's back from uh, 2015. Okay. So my, my coworker and I, we, we were basically supporting that customer and we thought that we uh, earned the rights to get a big uptick. And we, we had all our ducks in a row, so there was no reason for us to doubt that this is not happening. But what we saw is uh, uh, the customers were quite up to date in the way uh, they wanted our product to work. And they uh, basically told us, we're expecting a lot of uh, intelligence and uh, machine learning models and capabilities uh, within your platform. And we we didn't have a lot of those uh, inbuilt use cases back then. So, so we went into a room, we started talking uh, to the client and we were demonstrating the future roadmap, uh, which obviously had a lot of uh, smartness built built into it for better uh, uh, service management and to add more reliability by using data mining and and finding uh, why the service is falling over. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, there was a lot of back and forth and, and what I uh, learned is from that exercise, sometimes, uh, uh, evaluating that it's, it's a failed project early rather than later. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, people have a confirmation bias. Uh, yeah. we, we are surprisingly optimi- optimistic optimistic in, in our daily uh, work. So I think uh, qualifying out early is, is something that I learned from that particular uh, instance and, and I started doing it a lot more in my day to day work. So I, I, I call it a sweet spot or not. Uh-huh. And if some, uh, sometimes when I go into a customer meeting and I feel that there is no sweet spot here, uh, that's the second priority for me and I, I, I lay more focus on uh, like you know a uh, lego block relationship you plug in right. right from day 1 uh, if if that's how it's going to work out for you i think uh, everyone could apply uh, that kind of uh, fundamentals to to their customer uh, projects
0: that's great nice learning and you know as they say um when you play poker um the best hand is not the one that wins you thousands of dollars it's the one when you fold early that's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's <awesome. laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Um, so, Nick, tell us about your hobbies. What do you like to do besides selling software and educating people uh, on technology? What are your hobbies?
1: Oh, I don't do a whole lot. Uh, in fact, I watch a lot of series, and most of those series uh, are on a specific genres. So, I'm I'm not a couch potato. If you see me, you you'll feel that. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty lean and mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I basically keep tab on every single uh, psycho thriller, um, horror uh, movie that gets rolled onto Netflix. Mm-hmm. And both my wife and I, we love these uh, genres. So we watch them as, as they get made available. But I think the lifestyle uh, goes to dictate what you can really enjoy. So we love our walks in the parks here, uh, we we live uh, at an altitude. So our suburb is at a height, right? Okay. If, if you look at the geo of Melbourne. So it's pretty foggy uh, right now during wintertime. So we love our walks. We grab a coffee. Uh, I'm a bit of a coffee snob. Uh, I'm very particular about the taste of <clears throat> the beans. So I try a lot of different uh, variety okay. and on on a daily basis. I try at least uh, three times I have to make it to the gym in order to survive because it's, it's, it's a mental fight, right? Uh, rather <laughs> than a physical fight, yeah. uh, if, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Mm, interesting. That's, that's a bit of a surprise and Aussie liking coffee and not beer, uh, Nick. That's, that's pretty <laughs> <laughs> unusual. <laughs> yeah. I, all Aussies, I know they love to have their beer. It's great. Oh great. Yeah. Oh, yes. All right. We've reached to almost an end to our podcast. And the last thing, uh, any message uh, you want to give to our classmates?
1: I, <clears throat> I feel that a lot of us are hustling and we want to make it large. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there's a swarm of uh, motivation and inspiration on Instagram. So much so that it's kind of blinding, so you start ignoring it. Um, I think based on what I've seen in the course so far, there are a lot of talented people uh, within our crew, so leverage each other. Um, I, the other thing I feel is now is the time to do anything great, so don't keep your plans in your head. Just put it on paper, uh, get it all rolled out. That's, that's what I'm trying to do, and uh, I just keep hustling. <laughs>
0: that's great uh, coming from an hustler right yep that's great all right nick thank you so much um thanks for your time um everyone in the class i hope you enjoyed this podcast and we'll come back with more thank you so much have a good thanks, day man. have a great trip to new zealand nick
1: same to you buddy enjoy
0: your day thanks thank you bye